0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jags Den Podcast. As usual, I am your host and managing editor of the Jaguars Wire, James Johnson here, uh, live as usual. As you all know, I'm I'm typically joined by one of my uh, many co-hosts, either in Phil Smith or Jacob DeLawrence, both of who couldn't make it this this episode. So uh, shout outs to them, however, you know, they're. Uh, getting money in Phil's case and, and Jacob is currently sick. So get well soon, my man. But um, as usual, you all know where you can catch us at Jags Dan podcast is where you can find our podcast handle on Twitter at the Jaguars wire is where you can find the Jaguars wire Twitter handle. And of course, you can connect with me at sports underscore done. And that will be my personal account. As usual, you can also catch this uh, podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and most importantly on Audio Boom, which is our official page. And you can find us there under the USA Today Podcast Network. So that being said, we're going to get straight into the meat and potatoes here as I have a guest joining us for the third consecutive time, our third official guest here. Uh, A longtime friend of mine, I've known about five years back when I first got on Twitter uh, this is one of the first sports handles that I connected with uh, an Arden Franklin contributor of the Colts Wire. As you all know, that is USA Today's Colts site uh, ran by my man Kevin over there. Shout outs to Kevin as well. And uh, that being said, Arden, man, how are you doing, man? And uh, good to have you on.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Everything is pretty good. You know, currently, you know, in New York right now where I've been living all my life. We've having a couple of days where it's getting really breezy, you know, where it's a typical New York fall slash winter weather. But um everything's pretty good though, man. I really can't complain.
0: That's what's up, man. We uh I'm I'm here in Georgia and we currently got a little bit of that that breeze too, that fall breeze, which dude it's been like ninety degrees out here. So, you know, I, I welcome that just as y'all have up in New York
1: for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I've been uh I've like experienced different weather in a sense because it's like in New York, we've been having some nice warm weather. So even when it's been like 78 to 85, it's been a little warm. And then last week I was in Houston for a few days visiting family and it was my girlfriend and I's first vacation together And Houston. It was like 90 to 92 degrees and you from the South, so you already know how hot it was and oh, then yeah. to get back here to New York where I've experienced. Again, like I just said, the breeziness and then at the same time some warm weather. It's kind of like I'm experiencing like three different seasons, but I can't (laughs) complain.
0: (laughs) yeah man changing different uh climate zones if you will it it would feel like at least (laughs) which i mean yeah i know i know about that houston weather too man like i've I've never been to houston but i've been like close to that neck of the woods over there like in in the louisiana area and the new orleans area it gets hot over there man and it it ain't no joke (laughs) oh yeah
1: it was my second it was it was my second time in houston you know this this year alone i I love it down there and uh actually I, i'm gonna give a shout out it's gonna sound crazy unless you've seen it i actually want to give a shout out to deandre hopkins you know pro bowl receiver from the houston texas i actually bumped into deandre hopkins i kid you not at a 24-hour cvs across the street from uh from the hotel my girlfriend and i were staying at like mm. for real like you could check it out it's on my twitter i think it's on my facebook it's basically on all my social media platforms like you know, my girl and I, we were just making a quick run to the twenty four CVS. We needed a couple of things. And as we were leaving after checking out, D-Hawk just walks in. And we spoke to him a little bit. Very cool guy. Chill. And, uh, again, they may be division rivals, but I'm very happy for him, man. He finally has himself a legitimate quarterback. He got paid this past summer. And he's truly been one of the best at his position for the last couple of years, at least. So, salute to DeAndre Hopkins, man.
0: Word man, yeah, I saw that on Facebook and on your Twitter handle, man. I was like, "What man?" Like, I didn't know if like you had moved to Houston or whatever the case was. But I was like, <laughs> "Damn man, he he literally bumped into Nook Hopkins." And oh uh, yeah, shout out to DeAndre man. We give him a hard time on this podcast with his battles with Jalen Ramsey man. But um, oh man. yeah man. <laughs> but uh, no doubt man, uh-huh. talented, no doubt. And this guy that you know, I personally watched in the ACC. Uh, I'm an SEC fan, but, of course, we watch a lot of ACC football here, too. And, uh, you know, he did good work in Clemson, man. And not only that, man, he's been phenomenal uh, with the Houston Texans. And, you know, he went through the little spurt where, you know, he went through different quarterbacks. But, you know, regardless of who was there, he always kind of stood out. So, you know, shout out to Nook, man. And and, uh, big kudos to him and what he's doing in that new contract that he got,
1: man. Absolutely, man, for sure.
0: Yep. So we're gonna um get right into the questions here, uh, real quick. Arden um I got roughly five. Um I might add an impromptu question or two in there. Um but um oh, appreciate you joining me. Follow me. me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you told me beforehand, follow you were like, Man, I'm I'm game for however long. So uh appreciate you coming on and um the first question at hand is um one of the main guys that I've long felt with the Colts that kind of held you guys back due to bad drafting was um Ryan Grigson. And I mean, aside from Andrew mm-hmm. Luck and like Hilton and a couple other, he had a couple hits, but not, not all that many. Um, Could you talk about, you know, the job his replacement has done and Chris Ballard, mm-hmm. uh, who's the new GM there. And also oh, as, as opposed to Grigson, man, like how, how have Colts fans taken his exit in general
1: Oh man! I mean, just to talk about you know Ryan Grixon. I mean, I remember this was what I think in January. Yeah, it was in January when the Colts relieved Grixon of his duties, and I and I vividly remember the reaction on Twitter from Colts fans, and it was it was just one that was just filled with a lot of tweets just stating how glorious the day felt. <laughs> you know, right, of, right. you know Ryan Grixon being let go by the Colts, man, because this was a guy that. Simply put, and you know, to try to keep it as professional as clean as possible, while also you know maintaining my realness, he just didn't get the job done. Like it does, it didn't matter how he went about it; he couldn't address anything right, mm-hmm. or he simply didn't address issues at all. So that day where he was let like, go, oh, it was like, wow, it's incredible. You know, the owner Jim Irsey, he finally realized what was really holding his team back in a crazy crazy way because again you mentioned it yes grixon to his credit he had a couple hits i'll give him a few hits but at the same time like and this is like really the big difference between grixon and Ballard. when i talk about Ballard, some of grixon hits were noticeable hits like you couldn't miss if you drafted andrew luck exactly that's the
0: no dub pick you know what i'm saying and he i mean he fell into the first round pick like you just can't miss on that
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but at the same time, again, you give him credit. Again, to to find T.Y. Hilton was a good selection, you know, or to select Ryan Kelly, good selection, or Jack Muhor, or a couple other guys along the way. Yes, he had his moments, but he also had a lot of bad moments. When you think about, of course, the infamous Trent Richardson deal and Greg Toller and Landry and so many guys being signed to free agency that didn't work. So it was just like this guy either – Addressed things the wrong way or couldn't address it at all but chris ballard his hits have truly been hits that displays his legitimate scouting talent and why he was you know praised for his work in kansas city when you think about what he did in this draft alone getting a malik hooker in the first round at 15 i mean of course there was some luck for the colts that hooker fell to 15 but to recognize that type of player and select them was incredible. Malik Hooker is a legitimate candidate for defensive rookie of the year. You know, anybody who's watched him, especially close to USC, like this dude is a is a game changer, yep. you know, getting Quincy Wilson. Quincy Wilson hasn't played a lot this year, unfortunately, because of injury and because of the the Colts coach, coach's staff's, you know, belief in, you know, if you're not starting, you need to be a special teams contributor and they're not just going to throw him out there just to get reps, even though I think that would be great. The moments Quincy Wilson has played, Wilson has looked very solid. They got Nate Harrison in like the fifth round from Temple, a guy who is an experienced flat corner, but he's playing big time minutes. And then you got the Marlon Mack pickup that's just looking better and better every time Mack plays. Mack was one of the more explosive backs in college football during his time at Central Florida. And he's been proving it throughout his brief NFL career. So when you look at Chris Ballard compared to Grixen, you're really seeing a guy who's understanding how to find talent. His free agency signings and all seriousness have been much better than Grixon's signings. You think about Jabeer Sherald and John Simon, both of those guys have easily, easily improved the post defense. And both of them weren't that expensive of deals. When you think about what they're bringing to the table – with just legitimate pass rushing and extra aggressiveness. So I just think with Ballard, man, Ballard has just done such a tremendous job. Oh, yeah, with the signing of Jonathan Hankins, by the way, form former Giants D-lineman. with Ballard is seeing a guy who is understanding how to build this team and his moves are paying off to where it could easily accelerate the development process for this Colts team as they recover from the Grixon era and more than likely the Pagano era as well. And I've forgot some moves, by the way. I'm, I'm realizing, trading for Jacoby Brissett, getting rid of tight end Dwayne Allen's contract. Mm-hmm. This guy has really done some things in just a few months on the job, you know? So Colts fans are very, very excited about Chris Ballard. And he's one of those guys, when you make hits like he's had, like you mentioned the hits, you can be fine with a miss or two, you know, regardless of, the the magnitude of it because you look at the hits and you're going look this guy has done some stuff that like I said is accelerating the team's development so I I have no complaints about Chris Ballard and I think and I don't think any Colts fans should have complaints about him at this moment
0: yeah as you mentioned man great pickups um one of the ones that really stood out to me that you mentioned was the Marlon Mack pickup I loved Marlon Mack coming into the draft and I thought you know, he was a guy that you can get in the third or fourth round that could provide you with potentially a, a franchise running back, which is kind of why if people that listen to this podcast, uh, you know, that's kind of why when we selected Leonard Fournette, I was kind of not game for taking a running back that how I mean, looking back at it now, it was a great selection, obviously, uh, the guys just oh, you know absolutely. a freak of nature. But to just go off of what I was saying, then, you know, they're they're. Basically, Marlon Mack shows that, you know, you can pick up a a franchise running back or a very good running back later in the draft. And uh, that's what Marlon Mack at least has been uh, for for the Colts up there, uh, at least up until this point. And, uh, you know, he could have a good game against the Jaguars who struggle against the run. I mean, it's no secret their Their passing defense is elite. Don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. in terms of stopping the run, they struggle. And at this point, you would think what you see is what you get. You know, they they aren't going to get much better at it. But then again, you never know. But that being said, though, Mac is one of those guys that I'm going to be watching heavily in the upcoming game because he's one of the guys that scares me in terms of, uh, you know, being a game changer and one that can help the Colts to win against the Jags in week seven.
1: He's already, sorry to cut you off, but he's already like the second – he's already like the second most explosive player on the offense behind T.Y. Hilton. And I think for a while, you know, credit to the Jaguars improved defense, they're definitely capable of stopping him if he was to play extended, you know, minutes, but at the same time, um, uh, uh, a current conversation that's happening among Colts fans and media is, it's not really a matter of the opponent stopping Marlon Mack. It's a matter of the Colts coaching staff, because, this guy's already, I think, leading the NFL with, like, runs of 20-plus yards. And, again, yep. this is a guy who, when he plays, you just see the explosiveness. You see the versatility. Yet the Colts coach coaching staff doesn't give this man enough touches. It's like he has a good game, and then you don't hear from him again for, like, a few weeks. Right. So it's one of those things where, you know, for week seven for this matchup, of course, you guys should definitely be paying attention to Mac but at the same time you could very well not have to because the coach coach staff would easily make the mistake of not playing this guy enough to just add another dimension to the offense.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's crazy you say that cuz that's one of the things that stood out with me with Marlon Mack was the explosiveness. I think he he was one of the leaders, I forget the numbers, he was one of the leaders in terms of explosive plays in college. So I mean that's just mm-hmm. an absolutely good pickup for the colts and uh chris ballard over there but um as you mentioned about the coaching staff which you know you've kind of said that you you haven't been pleased with their game planning that kind of segues into my next question and uh you know at least
1: that's that's me saying that at least
0: right (laughs) right so with uh gregson out of the way i want to segue into the next question uh what do you think about chuck pagano and his future with the Colts and like how the job he's done so far, do you think Grizzly held him back or you think he is the, he, he also was part of the problem and, and needs to go as well later uh, when, or when black, what is it? Black Monday comes uh, later yep. in the year.
1: Um, I mean, Pagano definitely has had moments where you felt bad on him, you know, when you, when you look at him and you looked at the roster, especially during the last, seasons where the Colts were competitive. Obviously, I'm not talking about the last couple years, but more so like a 2012, 2013, when this team won 11 games. Even 2014, matter of fact, when he won 11 games as well. You saw the fact that, hey, man, like, for Chuck at that time, his his main strength was his connection to players and how this team was just so fired up to play for him, you right. know? and And it was one of those things as well where it was like, during that stretch in particular, really in the first three years of the new era where it was like the Colts could lose a game, but everybody knew, like, the Colts going to lose this game, but you know what? They're going to win the next one because Bagano's is going to get these guys fired up, and they love playing for them. Yeah, but it's just gotten to a point where even back then during the winning and even now during the losing and inconsistency, this guy does not know how to complete a a full game in terms of coaching. Right. you know he's not that creative you know this his reputation of him being a defensive coach is is really overrated and you look at this Colts team and people can look at this Colts team and go well the Colts are two and four and maybe they look at the fact that the the Colts for the last few weeks have had double digit leads that have gone away for the most part and they could go well the Colts could easily be four and two I tweeted this last night after the Titans lost I said the Colts Maybe two and four, but they're really an 0 and 16 because when you look at this team, okay, two year wins came against winless ball clubs, the Browns and the 49ers. And impressive, it's been impressive to watch them build early double digit leads. But you see in the second half, this team gets out coached, out played. They're, They're so undisciplined that for a while, yes, you can look at the roster and pinpoint whatever's wrong with the roster. It goes back to coaching, especially Pagano. And Colts fans is very tired of him. And it's something to the point where fans are just truly ready for Pagano to not be the Colts head coach. You know, mm-hmm. I think I might have said it already. I'll give him credit for the fact that, hey, he's able to connect with players. They love to play for him because – for every coach that's like that, there's a ton of coaches that can't get the respect and the passion out of their, their fellow players, and, and, that's just, and that's just the darn truth. But besides that, there has been nothing else Pagano has truly brought to the table. It just hasn't, and time has run out, and it's something where for coach fans now, it's really looking at the season like, hey, we hope these young guys play, stay healthy, do their thing we really don't want Luck to play actually, because we're thinking about the first-round pick, but if Luck does play, hey, Luck, please stay healthy, play good, and it's hoping that somehow, some way, there's just a head coaching change at the end of the season. Right,
0: right, right, and uh, yeah, like you said, with, with Pekano, one of the things that stood out with, with what you just said is basically, this is a guy that, you know, came into the Colts situation, uh, you know, praised for being a defensive mind, and, you know, since he's been there, the Colts' defense has been mediocre to to bad or or poor, should I say, during his tenure. And that is one of the reasons that I truly believe that the Jaguars, not only because of this, but they also travel well. They play good away from home, at least this year they do. So that being said, the defense is a reason why I think the Jaguars, is you know, could win this game. You know, you don't never want to say they will because it, it is the Jaguars, for crying out loud. But, you know, that defense – there's nobody on that defense that really scares me aside from Hankins is pretty decent, but aside from him, you know, I I don't think they they'll be able to stop the run. They have struggled against the run this year. And I think ultimately, you know, when you let Leonard Fournette, you know, get those carries upwards of what 20 to 25 carries and he gets going, it's pretty Mm -hmm. much, it's a done deal at that point, because when he gets going at that point, The guy's at, what, 100 yards, 150 yards, knocking on on getting a touchdown or whatever the case may be. So we'll see. Uh, But I do definitely agree with what you said in terms of of Pagano and the job he's done with the defense. And uh, that is one of the reasons that the Jaguars have have had some success, at least against the Colts in the past.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been about a run game. You know, even going back to when – Hayden and everybody else was in town, man. The Jaguars' best wins have come from when the running game was in full effect with Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that's always been the case.
0: Right. And, I mean, even dating back to recent times uh, last year when uh, the last meeting in December, even though, you know, it was the last game of the season and, you know, a lot of the starters might not have played and whatnot, but uh, they had a good game on the ground with Corey Grant. Against uh Pagano, you know, so you know that another thing they they struggled with in that game not only was the fact that you know they were dealing with not being able to stop the run game, but speed they struggled with dealing with mm-hmm. the speed that Corey Grant, who runs like a four or three, he's like one of the fastest people to go to Auburn ever. They just struggled with the speed of his change of pace, you know, that he brought into the table. So uh, we'll see, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you know Chuck can maybe, you know, get some better play out of those guys in the future. But like you said, at this point, it looks like, you know, you know what you see is what you get with the Colts' defense at this point. So
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. So um, that being said, the next question is on uh, somebody you already mentioned uh, when we talked about Chris Ballard and uh, the job he's done so far, and that's Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, at times he's flashed on film, and I'll willingly admit that I didn't see him last night against the – um. Who was it? The Titans. I missed that game. I was yep. at work. Uh, but that being said, though, that he has flashed some, you know, some spurts of brilliance at times. And this is a guy that when you guys got him, I was like, OK, maybe they're on something here. So could you talk about his acquisition so far and, and uh, what you think about how he's performed so far?
1: Oh, man, absolutely. Look, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I know a lot of people going to look at just the numbers or. See some highlights of him or whatever, but look for what Brissett has gone through. You know, when you when you come to a team and and what was it the beginning of September? You know, just a week away or so from the start of the season, and really your role is just to be the backup quarterback, and you got to get used to a new city and new system, got to learn names and all that stuff. To certainly be thrown in the fire and. You're not playing with the most talented offense in the world, and circumstances have changed in terms of your environment. For him to play the way he's played, regardless of what numbers are saying, even maybe defying tape, to me, I think Perse has played good, and and that's just being honest. Has he had his negative moments? Of course, he's he's had his share of interceptions. You know, maybe he could have done an adjustment or two more at the at the line of scrimmage. But considering the things that I've just talked about, Perse has been good for the Colts. I know people have looked at Brissette during his best moments and say, oh man, the coach should definitely, you know, looking to get a draft pick for him when, uh, you know, when the off season arrives, I personally disagree with that, you know, high draft pick or not. I, I feel like for the Colts, look for as much as Andrew Luck is such a, is such a stellar talent when he's playing and he's available. Health is a concern with Andrew. And mm-hmm. when you think about that, you need to have an answer at the position. And Brissett is clearly that guy, you know. As a coach, as a longtime Colts fan, I remember days of Jim Sorgi. Or I remember when Peyton had to miss an entire season. What happened? Curtis Painter had to start the season. Or Dan Orlowski or so many other guys who weren't fit and they messed up. Colts teams at the time maybe had enough talent to where if you'd have just had somebody that was just okay. They could have won a few more games. And with the coach, you you have somebody that is at least okay. Brissett at times can be pretty solid. And and in my opinion, I don't think you necessarily have to rush to trade him regardless of how high the pick could be because this is the NFL. There's always going to be teams that need a quarterback that will pay the price for a quarterback. And he's very cheap and he's very young and he's the type of backup that you will want because – Again, for as much as the plan is for Andrew Luck to play all 16 games and be healthy moving forward, that's what we all want, it just helps you sleep better at night knowing that, God forbid, Luck gets hurt again and has to miss a game or more. You have somebody that you can just throw in and not have to adjust your expectations to. So, you know, Brissett, man, like I said, he's been playing good ball. It's not easy to go through what he's going through and it's because of Brissette that the Colts even have two games or were in positions where they built the early double-digit lead. It was because of him, and if Scott Tolzien or anybody else was in there that's not worth their salt, the Colts could very well be winless. I mean, they're they're already close to winless, you know, Mm -hmm. considering the type of wins that they have, but still, Brissette has made this team a bit more competitive. He's kept them more in games and you just know and and I think you can agree with this if there's anything that a fan members of the media coaches whoever can appreciate they can appreciate the fact that when following a team they know that especially a quarterback they have a shot to win and stay in the game and that's what Brissett gives the Colts until number 12 gets back in
0: yeah hey man I can attest to that with um, I mean, a, a classic case of what you just said is is the situation with Blake Bortles and Chad Henne. With Chad Henne, mm-hmm. he's he's simply put, if he was a serviceable backup, just looking at Blake Bortles' play, he would, you know, they would put him in. He, I mean, not saying that he would be a better overall talent, but if he showed the ability to to bring more to the table than Blake Bortles did, he would be in the game right now. So, you know, you can't take, as a fan, you can't take it for granted when you have somebody that's a, a solid backup because there's not many of them in the league
1: Absolutely, that can, man.
0: that can come into the game and, in your case, replace Luck, who who does have an injury history. So, you know, that that's one thing, Colts fan, if, you know, anything you take from the season is – is to be happy about your quarterback situation even you know luck or not you know what i'm saying just be happy that y'all do have a decent backup um and you know despite how some may feel about what was given up for Brissett, i don't know exactly what they gave up in terms of draft picks
1: oh it was beautiful and that's one thing too i forgot to say this i'm happy you said that Mm -hmm. look considering the fact that the colts got a potential starting quarterback long-term starting quarterback for, let's say, another team and a, and a promising backup for their squad. The Colts, all the Colts had to do was trade Philip Dorsett to the Patriots. And, and, and it's crazy because for the Colts, everybody needs to recognize the Colts are one of the few, few teams to have actually got the best out of the Patriots in a deal. In right. a sense, the Colts did it twice. They were able to ship off Dwayne Allen's contract and Mm -hmm. get a fourth-round pick, and and what was this past draft? So that's one for one. And then all you have to do is trade basically a bust for a first-round pick at receiver to the Patriots, and they give you, again, a starting quarterback. You got a starting quarterback in exchange for your bust at the position, and both guys aren't bringing nothing to the table in New England, and it's New England, you know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. So – Yep. Again, th- 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 that to me was special. Like, you just don't see teams pull a quick one over the Patriots. It's usually right. anybody that does business with the Patriots. It's like, oh, man, they already lost the trade no matter what.
0: Yep, but exactly. The Colts
1: did it twice. <laughs> the Colts exactly. did it twice, which shows you, again, Chris Ballard is a bad boy.
0: Right, right. Yeah, kudos to Chris Ballard because anytime somebody get off on the Patriots, it's fine with me, man, because, dude, they have mm-hmm. been busting heads for the longest in terms of getting draft picks out of people, in terms of getting good players out of people. And, you know, sometimes it, as, as a, a fan of the league in general, it just kind of upsets you to see how they're how they getting off on people. And for the Colts to be able to mm-hmm. do it twice is very telling of what they have in the front office and Chris Ballard. So on my next question, uh, I want to talk about Andrew Luck, who you, who you mentioned previously. And, uh, you know, reportedly back in, what some months ago you know the report surfaced that he wanted out or what have you which you know is likely untrue um but that being said with him potentially being unhappy and whatnot. Uh, Could you talk about what you have already have talked about, but could you talk a little bit about, you know, him coming back in November, potentially as the reports say, and also what do you think about the rumors that surfaced, you know, some months ago or or a month ago or whatever, whatever the case may be about him being unhappy uh, in in Indianapolis?
1: Um, I think for luck, I, I, I've i heard those same reports, too. I don't think Luck wants out of Indy. You know, I, I think folks talking in NFL about players wanting out, they got to recognize it's the NFL. You know, it's not the NBA in the sense that... In the NBA, these type of reports are serious because players actually have more power and more flexibility in terms of dictating their future. In That's the NFL, true. it's not the case. Like, you rarely, rarely see players in the NFL exercise a type of power. And it's just not possible because the dynamic is just not there. So even if luck was unhappy and would want to get out, well, newsflash, the Colts have all the power here. The Colts can determine whether or not they would want to trade him. They can determine where to trade him to. And it's just different. But I don't think luck wants out of Indianapolis. I don't think that's in his character. I think Luck has perspective to understand, look, man, I understand right now, yes, we're we we're, we're a losing ball club, but you know what? My injuries and my lack of absence have played a part in that. Mm-hmm. This team clearly needs me. Um, this roster wasn't the same. There's been a lot of changes. And with that said, the new people that have come in, most notably Chris Ballard, the GM, this guy clearly has a has a vision for this team, and and I think he's recognized the fact that hey, it's working so far. We again, we look at some of the things that's happened on the defense. Um, you've had success here in Indianapolis. You know, you've made it to the playoffs in your first three years. You won double-digit games. You even made it to a conference championship game. So there's not a question about you being able to win in Indianapolis. You could certainly win in Indianapolis. You could certainly do some things here, but. Be unhappy and want to leave, you gotta understand it's not just all about the organization, it's also on you. It's basically like a 50-50 responsibility type of thing, you know? Because it's right. your injuries have played a part in this in these team struggles. And regardless of the fact that, yeah, you will want a more competitive team, truth of the matter is you're just that valuable. You know? Right. I mean, look an example for the Packers. You don't think the Packers have tried to build a, a competitive team and a complete team without Aaron Rodgers? Well, guess what? When you have a player that's that valuable, things just go out the window because of that dynamic. You look at the Giants; same thing. They could try to uh, build a compete a complete ball club, but there's no Odell Beckham. What has happened? You know, teams right. are just going to struggle without these guys that are just so damn special and, and valuable. And I think that's the case for for Luck in Indianapolis. But I don't think Luck wants to leave. I think it's in Luck's character to be loyal. I think it's in Luck's character to finish what he started. And he has that perspective to understand what's really going on and what could happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's just simply that. I don't believe the whole thing about him leaving. And when it comes to his health, you know, if if he did ask about that, I, I, I do believe that it's it's probably going to be November. I mm-hmm. think if there's any time where Luck comes back, it, it's going to be November, you know, Ballard, Ursay, everybody in the in the front office has just been very adamant about, look, Luck is only going to play if he's able to put together just consecutive weeks of full-time practice. It's not going to be some, yeah, Luck is able to practice a couple times here and there, and he's back in. No, they're working his way back. They're trying to get him comfortable. I personally don't want him to play. I, I really don't see the point of it. I want to hire a draft pick. I don't expect the Colts to be in a position to to be as competitive for him to bring them back to me. It would make sense if the Colts are still competitive in the AFC South. But players are going to play, and Luck will certainly have his say in terms of playing. I know Pagano will definitely want that to try to save his job because he could always throw out the excuse of, hey, Luck didn't play. But um, I think it's going to be November. I think Luck has been able to practice for the last couple weeks. I think he may be a couple weeks away from really being able to practice every day of the week, but it should be November that you know the former number one pick is back on the field starting.
0: Right, right, yeah, and um, yeah, as you said about look, man, I don't just, I mean, when you go back and you you can always look back at like especially when you do the most research on the player, and that's like the combine, you can look back at his character and tell that's not that's not him to want to be out of indianapolis and i mean you know when you heard the reports or when i heard them as well i think it came from mike and mike on espn is where it might have started you know you you kind of like shake your head like i don't think that's the case even though like you said the colts are in a situation where you know they they're not that good of a team yet but um when you consider what Ballard brings to the table and what they could be, I I definitely could understand why, you know, he would want to stick around and, uh, you know, why it it would be room for optimism in terms of the Colts getting back on top.
1: And it takes patience. It takes patience. Sometimes you got to go through a rough patch. If Lug needs to talk to anybody, just talk to Cam Newton. Right. (laughs) Cam Newton has gone through ups and downs with Carolina. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it could happen still, but, it's just what you sign up for, man. It's different. Life in the NFL is different, especially when you're the franchise quarterback. And it's like, look, it's kind of like, hey, man, when you're stuck to a team, you're stuck to a team, and it's really on you to help right. try to change that team's fortunes and understand that it's truly an up-and-down business. Like, not everybody's lucky to be like Peyton Manny and just have 95% of your career, heck, maybe 99% of your career just be successful, in terms of, hey, every year we're winning. We're making the playoffs. We have a chance to make the Super Bowl. I have individual accolades. Tom Brady's in that same boat. Heck, if you look at somebody like Eli Manny or, or Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, these guys have multiple Super Bowl championships. They're definitely going to the Hall of Fame. But it's like they even have to experience up and downs in terms of not making the playoffs or having bad, quote-unquote, bad statistical seasons by their – standards it's just a part of the business especially at that position quarterback and being a high pick is how the game goes
0: you're right you're right it's so so many up and downs in the nfl and chances are like you said for any draft pick first overall or whatever the case may be is you're not going to be stuck with a team that wins as much as Bill Belichick has won with Tom Brady. And, and you know, like you said, as, as Peyton Manning has done, like a lot of times, often, you know, a lot of people don't get blessed with that kind of fortune, simply put. And uh, yeah, as you said, for, for luck's case, he seems like a guy that will understand that, that it's going to be some highs. It's going to be some lows. And this is something Jags fans need to understand too. It's going to be some highs and lows, but at the end of the day, you know, if if you have the ability to build a team, things will get better. And the Colts are a team that has that have that ability with uh, with Chris Ballard and the Jaguars as well with Dave Caldwell and how they have been able to build as well, aside from missing on Blake Bortles. Man. So, I mean, that yeah, real, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, it's like you say, especially for us this season, it's going to be some ups and downs. OK, this is a team that's learning to win. But at the same time, they haven't mastered it yet. And I mean, like, you know, people can get upset about it as much as they want about not being consistent. But the fact of the matter is nobody expected us to have three wins at this point of the season, even the fans included.
1: And the Jaguars aren't that far off, too, man. In my opinion, like, you look at the Jags, man. The Jags got to get credit because of simply, like, the Jaguars, outside of hitting on several players, you gotta you gotta commend the jaguars because the jaguars have at least tried to fix issues it sometimes it doesn't work but the jaguars have actively tried to fix issues and Mm -hmm. sometimes it works And you look at the team like you look now like this team really has to make it to be like a consistent nine win ten win team for like the next few years you know maybe even more than that like their their picks are hitting they have a defense that's leading the league in sacks. You guys have such a promising young secondary with a, with a kid in Jalen Ramsey who very well could be the next kid to to join the group of shut down corners in the league, you understand? And you got Leonard Fournette being, you know, your future back for the next few years at least at a high level. And you always had the young – and that's the thing too. Jacksonville low-key has always had receivers. It's just a matter of who's throwing them the ball. Like right, this, this goes right. back to when Brian Lefkowitz was the quarterback. Jacksonville always had at least one smooth wide receiver, and now they got three to four of those bad boys down there, and now you have for So it's just a matter of this the quarterback situation and, and maybe anything else. Mm-hmm. But the Jags are, are, are in there. They're going to be fine. Like, they're going to be fine. I'll be shocked if they finish with fewer than eight wins.
0: Hey, that, that's high praise, too, because a lot of us, a lot of fans, should I say, don't believe they can. But looking at how this season is going, you're right. They they could very well finish with eight wins. And I mean, they, me and you are well aware of this. It, it doesn't take much to win the AFC South. It won't, at least this year. So, I mean, eight wins might could get you the AFC South. If, you, if they handle business against the Colts, handle business against the Titans and Texans, that's three wins alone. Three more wins alone that, you know, they struggled with previously. Okay, they've already knocked Mm -hmm. the the Houston Texans out of the way in the hardest divisional game for them, pretty much. I mean, that away against the divisional champs, they've already gotten that out of the way. That's one of their wins. They they play the Mm -hmm. the Houston Texans at home next, basically, which I mean, you got to like their chances, especially with the defense of the Texans the way it is now with the injuries and whatnot. You got to like their chances. And I mean, like you said, the Colts are kind of, you know, they're down right now. So you have to. Like their chances against them, it's just a matter of, like you said, of well, the quarterback situation, and and the Titans are kind of in the way because they're one of those teams that are kind of flourishing mm-hmm. right now. But
1: I, I I just think your Jacksons need to change. Like, I think they just really need to change expectations for Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't I I just think the idea of and, and I understand you know a couple seasons ago Blake Bortles threw for what was it like four thousand yards maybe over it. And thirty plus touchdowns, so that was very exciting. So I think it was maybe in Bortles' second season that he did that. Correct. But to me, I just think, I just think, look, you got Fournette; he's young. You gotta just have the offense go through him and basically make Bortles a game manager. Exactly, and, and it may sound crazy, but it's like. Okay, when the Jaguars keep trying to put this dude in position where it's like, all right, the offense is going through you, and we need you to be the guy who can throw the ball 35, 40 times, he doesn't do it consistently. The only thing he does consistently is turnovers.
0: Right. He's
1: going to have turnovers. He's going to fumble. The dude's six-five-two thirty, 230, and yet he fumbles like, like he's a smaller quarterback. And there's smaller quarterbacks who don't even fumble as much as this dude. You know about the picks. I just think for Jacksonville – for Bortles, the playing around Bortles should just be about efficiency and just a lower workload. You know, give him 20 to 25 throws, run the offense through four net, and just put him in fewer pressure situations.
0: Right. I just think he
1: needs a minimized workload. And I think if the Jacksonville Jaguars can do that, it will be great. I'm pretty sure, what was it, the game against Baltimore this season, I'm pretty sure that was a case of this him performing at a very efficient level. Where he had those yards and touchdowns,
0: but it right. probably
1: didn't take him that much throws.
0: So right. at least get right. to
1: those stats before or after.
0: Yeah, you, I completely agree, and that's in their defense. In Doug Marone's defense, he's been wonderful at minimizing the throwing attempts and the the chances for for turnovers with Bortles, because as you said, the guy's simply put, he's clumsy. So, I mean, for them, it's been more about, you know, that's why they drafted Leonard Fournette as somebody who can alleviate the pressure off of Bortles. And, you know, it. you know, next year they, they picked up the option. They have the option to let him go before they have to pay him so they could do that. You know, that's not out of the question. And uh, that being said, you know what? I want to ask you on this as well, because you're a pretty knowledgeable guy of the NFL. And there have been whispers and, and rumors, not that, you know, these guys are up for trade, but. You know, some some people have been saying that the Jaguars should exercise a trade or at least gauge a trade. And I've actually written on this uh, today and I'm going to put it up. But what do you think about the potential of I mean, if they can even get one of these guys, what do you think about their potential to trade for, say, uh, Eli Manning or maybe uh, uh, um, a Drew Brees or, or uh, Philip Rivers, a guy who actually is a residence of Florida and, and a guy who, mm-hmm. you know, could, you know, very well go to the Chargers and say, hey, waive my no trade clause you know so I can go and be with this team who actually could be contenders with me what do you think about any of those guys uh potentially uh or should I say the Jaguars potentially trading for any of those guys
1: oh man I think right away like hands down if there's any other quarterback to get I'll answer this in two ways I think if there's any other quarterback for the Jaguars to seriously pursue it would be Drew Brees you're talking about To me, the best quarterback out of the three you mentioned, statistically speaking, you know what you're getting out of Breeze, great leader, Super Bowl winner, and is still playing at a very high level. And I think Breeze out of those three is truly capable of elevating others around him. And I think Breeze would even be dangerous in Jacksonville because the mistake will only be if you go, oh, wow, we have Drew Breeze. Okay, let's act like we're the AFC versions of the Saints. Don't do that. You know, you have right. that this guy is truly in position to be a 1,000-plus a yard back every season at the very least. It's healthy. And Breeze is of what? He's upwards of 40 years old, definitely approaching it, or is that age? So he should just be brought there to be a more efficient option at the position. But I do think, realistically speaking, with Tom Coughlin there, you know, being in the front office, Eli will probably be a more likely scenario, in my opinion, because Coughlin having a relationship with Eli, winning Super Bowls with Eli, just trusting that late-game experience, I can see him going, yeah, man, like, let's try to go after Eli. Let's see what's going on. But if the Jaguars like, look, man, we need to just make one move at this position that really put us over, it's Drew Brees. Drew Brees, unlike the other two, Rivers and Manny, both of those guys at the point where they're turnover machines, you know, they're 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 defined by who they're throwing to instead of the opposite. And Breeze is truly somebody that can throw to anybody. Literally, he could throw to me and you and be good <laughs> because he's that great of a quarterback and he's such a smart player and he's very efficient. And hey, that seriously, like to me it would be Breeze with Eli's a likely choice. Because of Kaufman's relationship, but right. hopefully Kaufman will be smart enough to be like, "Look, man, we got to get briefed yeah. We just got to pay up and do what we got to do to get him."
0: I 100. It's kind of a agree, win man. now,
1: yeah. it's kind of like a win now situation. If you're Jacksonville and you look around the division, you go, "Look, man, Titans and Texans for years. We feel as if, or we've heard like they're supposed to have next, and yet they really haven't had next, even if." The Texans have won the division. Like you just look at them, you just go, they really haven't had next, you right. know. Like they haven't really <laughs> stepped over everybody else. And you look at True. the Titans; they're in the same boat. You look at the Colts; you go, well, the Colts' grip on this division, at least momentarily, is over, and they're not the same. If you're Jacksonville, you should absolutely be on some. We got to grab it now.
0: I'm with we you, are man.
1: young. We have the most talent, and. We're really like a move or two away. Because even when you look at the Texans, like, of course, Deshaun Watson has been incredible. But the Texans, low-key, could go through another retooling phase. Especially if you look defensively, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to put it out there, but it'll be put out there. Like, you look at the defense, J.J. Watt suddenly having a couple injuries. You look at other guys in their defense having injuries, older in some spots. They may have to do some retooling of that defense. So if that happens, they're definitely going to be set back a bit or at least kept at the same level unless Watson just turned into a complete beast to where he could just elevate the team. You look at Jacksonville, all they got to do, again, fix this spot here, fix this spot there, and you could easily just get a grasp of this, uh, of this division. So it's really on them. It's really on them to actually do what has been set up the Texans and the Titans for, like, the last— three to four seasons which is actually take control of the division after the Colts had one heck of a run on it
0: right right and see what I I really agree with you about is Breeze that's been the guy that I've been pinpointing myself on Twitter as the guy that they should definitely pursue and the thing about him is the connection with Doug Marone Doug Marone was his offensive line coach uh if I'm not mistaken when they won the the actual Super Bowl so there's a connection uh-huh. there. This is a guy that already pretty much knows your system and a guy that you're not going to really have to depend on his arm all that much. And a guy that when you do need a threat in the passing game, you know, even though Allen Robinson is on IR, you get D.D. Westbrook back, who's on IR as well. But, uh, you know, he can come back. And you get a guy like D.D. Westbrook, he brings that Kenny Stills type of dynamic to the offense. And, you you, you know, you got some decent pieces between him Breeze and, and Leonard Fournette to to make some noise in the playoffs and make a strong push, not to mention that when you mention all of those veterans that we just mentioned, one thing you, you can say is when they've had good defenses next to them, as the Jaguars have, they've flourished and they've gone deep into the playoffs and even won Super Bowls when they've had the defense to complement them. And that, that to me, in my opinion, is all the more reason to go out and get one of those guys, uh, especially Drew Breeze.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely man you're not lying so yep
0: on them yeah you're right absolutely on them tom coughlin man make the call man just go ahead pick up that phone Dude, and do what you gotta hell. do <laughs> all
1: go right, it, man. man.
0: before i let you go though i got uh one more question and that's your prediction for the game before we let you go and uh we're gonna let you get on out of here man oh man
1: no problem at all um for this sunday's game I'm actually going Jaguars. I'm going to Jaguars with this. You know, I think Monday night's loss for the Colts. If there's anything like, if it's anything like a precursor, it's just a matter of if there's any time for teams to, you know, break streaks and to try to change the shift, I think it's definitely that time. And the Titans were able to do it. I think it's the same for the Jaguars. And I think for the Jags, they're coming in just simply the better team, not only because of record, but because of everything else. And it's really just a matter of look. How do you execute? How do you execute your game plan? Right. You know, do you continue to do the things that help you get impressive wins, like over Pittsburgh, or do you do stuff that puts you in a position to lose, like they did against the Rams and, and anybody else? So I look at it as it's really on them, despite going on the road, and they could really just win this game and take control of it right away if they just set the tone. They got, they're going to go against a coast team that. Like we talked about tonight, you know, they with, with Logano as their coach, they usually respond well after losses. They they definitely play with, with a bigger chip on the shoulder. They're more energetic. But at the same time, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think for them, again, you got to understand you've had a struggle against the coach for, for God knows how long. Um, you're trying to change the fortunes of your franchise and understand what the moment is. And it may be an afternoon game on Sunday, but it's bigger than that. This is an opportunity for you to, again, win another game in the division, to build momentum more moving forward, and to, like I said, to change the dynamic. So I just really think the Jaguars, if they play their game, they should win. If the Colts win, it, it, it will be a case of the Jaguars losing more than the Colts winning. So I really do expect the Jaguars to win.
0: Yep. A hundred percent with you. It's just a matter of, like you said, do the Jaguars make the costly mistakes uh, as they have they one of the top teams in penalties and, and shooting themselves in the foot. And, and do they make those turnover mistakes that they have with Blake Bortles or do they just simply go out there and execute a game plan where you hand off the ball to Leonard Fournette throw when you need to make s- safe strategic throws when you need to and let that defense handle the rest. I mean, it's simple as that. Like you said, it's, just follow the game plan. Follow what has made you successful to this point, and they should be able for a change for a change uh, to beat the Colts this time around. So I'm, you know, like I said, I don't do predictions, but I'm with you in terms of what they should do and how the game should go. Absolutely,
1: man. That's how I really feel. Yep.
0: So uh, that being said, uh, to close you out. Any uh, projects you got going on with the Colts Wire or or just in general uh, that you want to speak on real quick and and where the people can follow you um, in terms of Twitter and any other social media um, outlets you might have going?
1: Oh, man, for sure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. Um, Definitely follow me on Twitter at Arden Sports Talk, A-R-D-E-N Sports Talk. Um, Add me on Snapchat, A-N-S 1887 you know, 18 from a boy, Peyton, 87 from a dude, Reggie Wayne. Um, <laughs> I mean, outside of this life, outside of this life, snap, snaps, um, it's also a place for me to basically share clips of the games that I'm at because from my own website, AST, you know, a website that I've been growing for the last two years that's hit over 4 million views and has been getting a lot of coverage and really been given opportunities to cover teams. I cover upwards of 10 teams personally across the NBA, WNBA, college football, uh, hockey, you know, college sports in terms of Division One for football and basketball. I'm just doing a lot of great stuff with that in terms of interviews and all other stuff. So check it out. You can find the link on my very own Twitter page. And definitely check out what we're doing at Coach Wire. Salute to Kevin. Once again, a great editor. He's also doing stuff for Giants Wire on USA Today. And for Coach Wire, we're just continuing to you know, write articles on a daily basis, put up some great stuff about the team. I understand for coach fans out there or for football fans in general, I understand that you got your other ways to view content about the coach, but I'm telling you for real, for real, Coach Wire on USA Today, we got something special going on there, Kevin and I, writing great articles, whether they're latest news pieces or special features, we really got it going on, business is booming. And that's just that, man, you know, Thank you once again, James, for having me on the show, man. We've known each other for such a long time. The way you've been working hard, and man, it's been really incredible despite, you know, the circumstances in your life that could be ever-changing and throw curveballs and whatnot, but you've always stayed focused and do what you do. Um, Salute to all my family and friends, man. Salute to my girl Veronica and whatnot for holding me down during during this journey. You know, we're going on 10 months, so I appreciate everybody, man.
0: Yeah, man, 100, man. And it's just good to see, like I said, man, I've been knowing you for roughly, it was five years, I think, that that I first followed you on Twitter. I was living at Jacksonville at the time, so it, it had to be roughly five years ago. Yeah, man. It, man, it's been a while,
1: for real, for real. So uh, right.
0: it's, it's good, man, because we just, me and you started just doing independent stuff, man, just trying to get our name out there and trying to make it. That's and right. You know, just to see, like, the point we've gotten to now and, and what, you know, where we can go on top of that man it's just it's just great to see man and uh for real for real man i I had to have you on for this podcast i knew as soon as i looked at the schedule and i looked at uh what time i would have to do this podcast i I was like i gotta get arden on man because that's my dude man and we i mean we we made some epic podcasts before together too whether it was me on yours or you on mine's whatever the case may be but man i'm just glad to see you flourishing man and uh just keep doing your thing my man
1: Absolutely. You too, man. Just keep on working, you know, it's for for what we've done as independent, you know, journalists and even with these affiliations that we have going on that can continue growing, you know, I still look at myself as somebody that's representing the independent and as somebody that's really like a distributor of my work, you know, we're in a, we're in a very good time man. in terms of like media coverage and the fact that it's not really about, being a big name or being affiliated with this group even though again with what we have in the usa today and, and the wire sites has been beautiful but it's really just coming down to the fact that what's going to stand out and what's going to keep us afloat at the end of the day is just quality right. just quality of work just the quantity of it but just more so the quality and when your quality of work is high and you're doing it consistently and you're not worried about anything else man everything comes to fruition in terms of whether it's financially opportunity to cover games getting your numbers up whatever it is and i just think that's really the best part about media and more so this content creation man it's really just about whoever's out here working the hardest and doing what they got to do the right way everybody's getting paid off in one way or the other and we don't got to trip about anything else man so i think that's the beauty of it and we're just getting what we deserve but also knowing that there's still more work to be done
0: 100 percent. and anybody out there that's an independent uh journalists at the moment it, it just take into consideration what arden just said and how we did it and how we got about to be where we are and, and look man you, you know anything's possible you know don't let the fact that you are independent stop your grind so that being said man once again that's arden franklin arden sports talk is how you can follow him on twitter and uh once again man appreciate having you on and you have a good night my man
1: you too man god bless
0: god bless once again Arden Franklin of Arden Sports Talk Doing his thing as an independent journalist and with the Colts Wire. As I said, feel free to check out his work, longtime friend of mine. And uh, he's been doing his thing uh, for the longest. One of the better independent journalists you'll find on the web. So, being that we've um, pretty much got into the meat and potatoes of the show, not too much else to really talk on, but a couple quick hits or tidbits and what have you that may have happened uh, today or throughout the week. And um, the most notable one being. Uh, of course, Jason Myers, a third year kicker with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the guy that replaced Josh Scobie ultimately, was released today. And the Jaguars signed Josh Lambeau in his place, formerly of the San Diego Chargers. That is per Adam Schefter and other multiple sources that confirm that. And uh, Lambeau is a guy, 26 years of age, young kicker, that is coming into the Jaguars situation. Um, you know, on a little bit of the upswing, if you will. Um, I know he was released by the San Diego Chargers at the time, or or actually yeah, it was the Los Angeles Chargers, should I say. Um, due to them having another young kicker and undrafted rookie, young Ho Koo. I hope I uh pronounced that right. But basically it was a battle between the two. Um Josh Lambeau didn't necessarily you know, he wasn't terrible or anything like that. It was just a situation of where they just went with the younger guy in coup. And basically, you know, he had a good offseason. Both of them did. Josh Lambeau left San Diego or Los Angeles, should I say, two of two on field goals in the preseason four or four on extra point attempts, you know, he did everything that was asked of him and uh, flourished in the, in the process. So this is a guy that, you know, he should come into this situation a little bit confident when you look at his overall numbers, uh, what is it? I think 70 of 78 on extra point attempts and 52 of 64 on field goals, you know, he's not that statistically better in terms of a percentage, if you will, over uh jason myers but nonetheless like i say what it boils down to is confidence and uh you know just needing a change at the position and and the jaguars felt the need to do that so kudos for them because i didn't think they were going to do it at this point because they had looked at various kickers and really didn't make any moves but uh they felt the need to uh make a change for joe Decamillis millis and that special teams group and hopefully uh you know better play will come out of that position so Aside from that, uh, really nothing else to really talk on. You all have heard my thoughts and whatnot on the loss to the L.A. Rams. So we're going to go ahead and close everything out. Um, As you all know, you all can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn and of course, Audio Boom, as I mentioned earlier, which is our official page. And you can find us under the USA Today podcast network for that platform. Aside from that, you can get connected with us on Twitter at the Jaguars Wire. Also, you can get connected with this podcast at the Jags Den Podcast, or should I say Jags Den Podcast. And of course, you can connect with me in my personal account at Sports Grind underscore done and the site www.jaguarswire.usatoday.com. So that said, we will wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And uh, until next time, hopefully we'll be able to get a post game or pregame podcast going for you guys on Sunday and uh, discuss what hopefully is a win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So until then, you all have a good night and take it easy.